and welcome to another lockdown edition of the uh, Sheffield Hopcast. I, I, I believe it's June now. I'm not sure how that's happened. I'm demanding a recount on uh, on that one, but I think we are officially into uh, June. If you're watching the video of this, you will spot our guest this week is uh, Lucy. Now, anyone who is a regular at uh, Shakespeare's at Kellam Island will know Lucy very well. And um, this is actually, I think this is your third appearance on the uh, on the Hopcast um, all in all. So we'll chat to Lucy in a bit. In the spirit of her appearance, our theme this week is quite simply women and beer and you know kind of interpreting that however we uh, however we wish i should mention before we meet the uh, full crew uh, a bit later on we will be revealing the uh, dates and times of our um, sheffield Hopfest sessions and each of the four of us will be revealing the theme for our individual sessions this is unless sean has forgot and not prepared his Odds of that around three to one on at this moment in time, but we'll find out fully um, later on. But let's go to Sean first for his beer selection for this evening. Uh, do you want the story as well straight away, or are we going to do a, uh, a reflection? Do you just want the beer, or shall I go for it? No, go for it. Okay. Tell um, us all. It's maybe no surprise to uh, a fair number of people, but uh, Jaipur, of course, is celebrating a birthday today. Um, it's 15-year-olds today, and um, I've seen lots of people online enjoying a, a Jaipur this afternoon, on Twitter particularly, uh, to, uh, to celebrate its birthday. Uh, the, the double whammy reason why I'm going to drink Jaipur, in fact, I really should really just have a pint of Jaipur, so I've brought two cans. I'm not having just a small can. Um, but um, it's also to give a, a, a nod and, uh, and to celebrate um, a, um, our theme of, of women in beer because um, back in um, 2011, 2012, before uh, uh, we had a beer shop and while I was still teaching, uh, one April I went to the snooker with my father-in-law, Tommy, who worked for us at the shop for a couple of years. And um, we went for pre-snooker drinks in Sheffield Tap. It was, a, uh, a, as ever, incredibly busy when we were in uh, tea time. I think it was a Thursday or Friday night, something like that. It was rammed. And we went and bought uh, a pint each of Jaipur from the bar. Uh, at that point back then, we were regulars at uh, Rotherham Real Ale uh, and Music Beer Festival, Doncaster Beer Festival, Barnsley Beer Festival, camera run events, uh, and Jaipur was a beer that we, we used to hunt out and really celebrate if we could find it. In Sheffield Tap that night, it was really busy. Uh, there were a couple of spare seats at the table that uh, two ladies who sat at, and me and Tommy Cheekily asked if we could um, uh, pinched the two seats on the table and they said, yeah, of course, come and sit down and have a, um, have a sit down on this table. And um, we got our, our pints of Jaipur and one of them um, asked what we were drinking and we said it was Jaipur. And um, she said, oh, that's good. I work for Thornbridge. So that's very kind that you've bought our beer and you, you've come to sit and uh, enjoy it at our table. And we got chatting and um, it was Stacey from Thornbridge, Stacey Webster, who subsequently turned out to be sales manager at Thornbridge at the time. She was very kind to us. Um, 
we um, explained, or I explained, that I liked Wild Raven uh, while I was having a chat with her. And she gave me a card and told me to email her and um, organise for me to pick up a mini keg of Wild Raven the following week from Sheffield. And I was really looked after, and that was my first real contact with anyone, any employee working for a, a modern-day um, brewery. And I was a bit starstruck. Uh, I, I dropped a, an email to her. She replied, and it was one of these things that, oh, my goodness, I, I'm, I'm dealing with someone here at a brewery that I really like. And that did make a real impression on me. And I still see uh, Stacey now and again. She calls in the market sometimes, and we often have a quick natter uh, about that night. But that really got me um, even further into, into modern-day beers was my first ever link up with anyone working for uh, a brewery at the time. I knew Dave Broadhead from Acorn because uh, I sit next to him at the Barnsley matches. Um, but this was the first time beyond that. And Stacey uh, is someone that uh, uh, sort of planted perhaps the idea that uh, modern craft beer could be a very friendly and exciting place. And so uh, happy birthday, Jai Poor. Thanks again, Stacey. And I think that's probably my longest explanation uh, so far for uh, ever beer. But I thought it was a story worth telling and something I wanted to thank uh, people for. Great, great stuff. Thank you, Sean. Um, unfortunately, we are now out of time, so we're not going to have chance to uh, speak to anyone else. But thank you for joining us. Uh, right then, let's go to. Uh, if anyone there, were, I, I was distracted during that because I kept glancing down to see uh, Laura's cat uh, prowling across her uh, kitchen in the uh, in the background, which has now become uh, a regular feature on the Hopcast. I enjoy it very much. So uh, let's go to uh, Laura next. Yeah, I, don't, I keep hearing him and I don't really know what he's doing, so it's a little bit concerning, but he just does his own thing. Um, so, uh, well, just to tie in with uh, what Sean was just saying about Thornbridge, uh, I'm wearing my Pekenda t-shirt, uh, which is my little nod to Jaipur's birthday as well. I do own a Jaipur bobble hat, but could not bring myself to put that on in June. Uh, so I've gone for the peak and a t-shirt. Um, my beer is a brewery that I don't think we see in Sheffield very often. Um, it's a passion fruit and raspberry goes from Canopy Brewery, who were based down in London. Um, and they're owned by um, a really lovely woman called Estelle, uh, who I met at the uh, International Women's Brew Day that I went to at Cloudwater last year. Um, and it was kind of the first time that I'd really heard of Canopy. Um, but I spotted this in Turner's a few weeks ago um, and thought it'd be a perfect fit with the theme. Um, I absolutely love this little on the can. Uh, on their website, they've got a little, uh, like a little game you can play where you can scroll through and make your own little creature. Uh, so they uh, work with local artists to come up with those. Um, yes, beer I haven't tried before, but it sounds right up my street. So looking forward to trying it. That is an awesome can. I love it. Brilliant. Uh, right, cool. Um, I'll tell you about my beer then. So um, my beer comes from, uh, courtesy of Sean, from Ashover Brewery. Um, of course, their head brewer is Janine. We've talked about her a few times on the uh, Hopcast before. Now, the, the beer is called, I'll move that a little bit closer, it's called Hawaiian Shirt. And um, 
there is a, a story to um, to tell here. I'm going to have to grab my notes so I can make sure I give you the correct information on um, on this. So it's called Hawaiian Shirt because they, they hold an annual event called um, Hawaiian Shirt Day. Now, this is all linked to Roy, who is uh, Janine's dad and one of the founders of the uh, brewery. He is uh, well-known for wearing a Hawaiian shirt 365 days a year, just like my uncle who lives in Dubai. He does that as well. Um, now, it started off, they had a Facebook group kind of an appreciation of Roy and his shirt, and that turned into an event, um, like an appreciation um, uh, event. Um, the first one, there was about 20 people that attended um, at the Arkwright Arms, which is between Chesterfield and Bolsover. Uh, uh, it's actually run by Roy's other daughter, um, Kathy, and he's quite well-known for being a good real ale uh, boozer and um, it quickly became an annual event it's normally held in um, early July and um, yeah has got a great reputation has been a real fun event now obviously this year it's not going to be able to go um, ahead so what they're kind of doing is they're going to move it kind of like to a bit of a virtual thing and just get people to um, share a beer and wear something loud this causes me an issue because I don't actually own an Hawaiian shirt so what I've done is just worn the loudest hoodie that I've got that's got a big rainbow flag on it and hang on a second I have a Hawaiian cap, which is the nearest that I can come up with, which is actually like fully in the style of a Hawaiian shirt. So there we go. Um, in terms of the actual beer itself, it's uh, described as a fruity session pale, um, 3.7%. And uh, considering that I've got to be up at three o'clock tomorrow morning, that is a perfect perfect ABV to be having uh, this time on Sunday. So that is mine. I think it's a cracking story behind it. Um, and Ashover, I think, have got a reputation for making really good, solid beers that do exactly what they're supposed to do. So looking forward to uh, opening that. Right, I'll hand over to Adam. Or oh, Barry. Is it Adam or Barry? No, Adam, you're definitely, Adam. you're still Adam. <laughs> um, a few months ago when we did the Women's Institute special, um, we featured one of this brewery and i managed to find the actual um beer which was featured in an article we talked about in the independent which was talking about um best beers brewed by women to enjoy this uh, international women's day back in, in march and i managed to find the beer that they're referencing we didn't have it in we didn't have it in the other episode but i've have got it now and it's wiper and true um milkshake stout 5.6 percent um, I believe one of their brew team, um, the female brew team, but um, they they did a, one of the collaborative International Women's Day collaborations in um, 2018 as well. So they they do quite a big presence in pushing women in beer. So I thought I'd give them a sh- shout out again today. Have you had it before? I've had incarnations of their kind of milk stouts, but I know they've had like quite strong ones, like 10% ones as well, and they've done quite. So I'm not sure if I've actually had this exact one before. Um, I've yeah. seen it in a couple of places. It'd be interesting to see what you make of it. Actually, yeah. that would be good. Um, I've had to turn my cap around because I can't. I just can't wear baseball <laughs> caps for ways brown. They look weird. Um, right then, over to uh, Lucy. Now, I mean, you are a woman in beer, so you can pretty much pick whatever you want. But uh, what is your beer choice for this evening? So on that note, <laughs> due to not a lot of notice, uh, one of the women involved in brewing this beer is actually me. <laughs> uh, so I bought Calabra Cadabra, which is an apricot braggot, and it was the brainchild, the beer itself was the brainchild of Hannah from Neeps End. Um, it was brewed at uh, Steel City at Lost Industry, and um, Abigail and Blue Bee came along with us as well. And honestly, it's 
absolutely delicious. <laughs> um, but yeah, I wanted to bring something local, shout about some local women, not myself, Hannah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, that's what I've got. <laughs> I think it's brilliant that you brought a beer that you had a hand in brewing yourself. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I do was like, oh, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's incredibly impressive. Um, and what was the style again? It's a braggart. Uh, right. So it's honey based. And it's got a nice little sort of wheat, you know, on it. And it's uh, in true Steel City uh, style, it's 6.66%. Um, but it drinks <laughs> like about 2.5% because the honey in it's so smooth. It's uh, absolutely delightful. This was supposed to be for my dad, so sorry, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. I was just thinking, Lucy. Like you recently did a bit of like a tour of brewing in different places, didn't you? So I wonder yeah. if you are old a weird niche record for women, woman who's brewed in most <laughs> places in the shortest amount of time who isn't an actual brewer. Yeah, brewer I did um, thirteen breweries in one month and two days, and. Um, was very tired at the end of it because I was also doing 40 hours at the pub (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it very nearly killed me Um, but the event at the end was all worth it it was really good how long have you had the can Lucy that's a secret (laughs) Uh, it dropped off the day it was canned all right yeah very good so I knew Dave was going into can with those but I didn't know what no and on the plus side, it's uh, when you crack it, it's so full that the beer immediately starts to push its way out of the top. <laughs> there <have> been, <laughs> there's no underfilling going on here. <laughs> that is value for money, isn't it? That, I love that. <laughs> um, so, Lucy, what's your kind of lockdown experience been like? Um, I mean, as with everybody's, I think, um, very surreal. Um, obviously, with my line of work being in a pub, I haven't been working at all. Um the decision was taken for us that we weren't going to be doing takeaway um things like that and um i've had a job since i was 14 and this is the longest i've ever not worked and it's i mean i'm trying not to enjoy it too much but <laughs> um but yeah just very odd really <laughs> and what's your uh, what have your beer consumption levels been like through it all um i mean we uh this house is a house of bartenders, the four of us. So we've been lucky enough to get our hands on quite a lot of casks. <laughs> um, and we have a handful attached to the kitchen table. <laughs> so um, that's been a contributing factor. Um, and between us, we've all been stocking up. We've been going to Archer Road a fair bit. We've got a couple of bits from Abbeydale and things like that. Um, but we do drink less than when the pubs are open because none of us can stay awake past 11. <laughs> Socially distance party round at, at Lucy's then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we could all pile into the garden and you could just like like fetch. I mean, there's four of you, but you used to like you know, take it in turns as to who goes in to pour the next round of drinks. That's a, a cracking plan. Be a for it because we all miss pouring pints. It's like, no, I'll get these. <laughs> <laughs> was the was the hand pump there beforehand, or was this like a special feature for lockdown? No, this this has been a fixture. <laughs> I love that. That's fantastic. That's brilliant. I feel like I should have known that anyway. I, I love that. That's brilliant. Lucy, who are the uh, the pubs that are represented in your household? And what, who's the... the uh, uh, so we've got the two Adams from The Crow. Um, and Sam Burner used to be at Shakespeare's and has since gone to the Lescar by a booze hound. Um, and uh, all of us very beery people. Our mantelpieces 
a ridiculous <laughs> spectacle of beer. Oh, and who's top drinker? You, you, you must be top drinker then, listening to those. those Not without them in the house now. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Were you saying that um, is it the the crow's birthday coming up? Uh, it was uh, yesterday, I think, um, or the day before yesterday. So uh, one year old. So yeah. they, they celebrated that online with a few different posts, and I think they've got a, a sharing event that they've um, they've done uh, in collaboration with Rich and Laura at uh, Archer Road. I think they've got some taster bottle event lined up anyway. Oh, good stuff. That's good. It's kind of weird, that, because I kind of think, it doesn't feel like a year since we were there. Just before it opened, we were I mean, they were still kind of doing the finishing touches, like the toilets weren't quite finished. There was half a bar in and stuff like that when, when we went to record an episode. And that doesn't feel like a year ago. And yet, at the same time, it feels like a pub that's been part of the beer scene forever now. It just feels like, I think probably the second time you walk in that pub, it feels like you've just been in there hundreds of times. It's, it's, it's very strange odd feeling that that it's um it's only a year old um what so what about um shakespeare's then loose obviously you said that the decision was made not to kind of do um uh, take away have you been, have you been back in the pub at all at, at any point it's one of those pubs that i've been trying to get my head around the idea of you know would social distancing work in there i mean it's always you, you walk in it's always a bit of a scrum at the bar isn't it at, uh, at shakespeare's <laughs> With, uh, we have some plans, but we've not totally worked it out. Um, but I was, I've been completely furloughed, um, so really can't do anything, which has been, well, it started off incredibly frustrating, but I managed to <laughs> level out the frustration after a while. Um, I popped in because I went to get some takeout from Keller Island Tavern, and as I was passing, I went and watered the plants, and that's been my input for the last however long lockdown's been now. <laughs> Cool. Good stuff. Good stuff. Starting to feel like properly a long time as well, isn't it? I think now that we've crossed into June. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just on a totally personal level, apart from whether we should be going back and when, just from a personal level, I really can't wait to go back to work. It's just going to be a very interesting time <laughs> as to how that can happen and what, what we do to make it possible. I think that because there's been so many breweries and obviously other industries as well that have kind of managed to come up with all kind of crazy schemes to make things work and you know I have I have hope that um that the similar kind of thing will, will happen with pubs and you know the public yeah. seem quite happy to accept things that are quite different to the norm and things like that so I hope that there is space for all sorts of weird and wonderful ideas to to spring up um in response and make make it work again so yeah. Yeah, there's a decent sized beer garden at Shakespeare's and things, isn't there? That yeah, I mean, if it is a case where they open beer gardens first, we we'll, are quite lucky in that. Um, access points will be a different thing, but in terms of just the outdoor space, we're going to be one of the lucky ones there. I suppose you've got the upstairs as well, which you've kind of utilised for beer festivals, and it's maybe how you yeah, use that I mean, as a essentially second it's a big bar. Pub, so um, we've we've got space on our side. And I guess the upstairs as well, there's kind of, you could have like a one-way thing, couldn't you? Because there's like, there's a separate yeah. kind of up and then down by like the fire escape bit. So I guess that could... Um... Yeah, we've, we've basically one, what we need is to walk around the pub with a tape measure, some <laughs> black and yellow tape and hopefully some ideas. <laughs> 
feels really weird at the moment, doesn't it, with with pubs and stuff? Because everything else is kind of slowly reopening, and yet pubs have not particularly kind of been talked about very much. It doesn't feel like it's sort of imminent, and it's just lingering a bit. I can understand how anyone that I mean, anyone that works in a pub, but particularly people that kind of own and run pubs, how it must be quite frustrated at the moment, seeing everything else kind of slowly churning back into life, and yet the pub scene just kind of sat there isn't it? it still feels like it's just on hold and that's mega frustrating particularly for pubs that you'd look at and think well actually they probably could kind of make a few changes and reopen quite quickly and you know hopefully quite safely I guess mm. yeah it's, a, it's just a balancing act I think it's going to be how to make it possible viable and safe but it's definitely it's definitely something that I think can be done as and when the time is right I went, first pub. I, went, I went into a pub on Friday, uh, went to collect some pre-ordered, pre-mixed cocktails from Dead Donkey, <laughs> who were doing a takeaway and delivery service. Um, but I went in and obviously there was like, you know, counters uh, before you went in so that you could sanitise your hands <laughs> and then the floor was all clearly marked out, you know, really, really well thought, thought through. Um, and I was, I was kind of in there like, smells amazing in here like what is that smell and they were like it's literally just pub smell I was like I think you say it's clean it's like <laughs> we've got loads of like oak paneling and leather furniture and things in there so it just had this really nice like um it's like it was really kind of like fresh leathery lovely I could not know how to describe it it was just it was just great Smell. Sounds like you're describing a, 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 a nice imperial stout. Or mm. <laughs> Leathery. <laughs> I've still got pillowy yeah. on my board, actually, as uh, one of the uh, one of my um, favourite words. Um, I find um, Dead Donkey, I, I moved at the beginning of March, and Dead Donkey became one of my new locals. And very frustratingly, I only managed to go in once before it shut down which is really annoying because that's kind of part of that bit of Abbeydale Road that's sort of come to life in the last you know year year and a half and uh, it's really frustrating kind of living just around the corner and everything being shut so yeah um sorry Sean what were you going to say I was going to ask Lucy I know um uh, a few uh, people have mentioned that the 4th of July is is going to be a key day in terms of how um pubs are going to reopen as you understand it is that the date that they will announce how pubs will reopen or will they announce that beforehand and 4th of July might be the first date that people get a chance to reopen um I mean I'm a little cautious to sort of say <laughs> just in case we start getting queues and things but um I know friends of mine that work for big pub co's uh have essentially been told as of anymore you know unless anything changes drastically they can expect to be at work then um so they'll announce yeah and i'm rather expecting that i might be the same depending yeah Yeah. how do we all feel about um going back to the pub i know obviously you know we love our beer so the the theory of getting back to the pub is is great but i think for all of us it comes with a little bit of I don't know, trepidation, I guess. I don't know. It's it's kind of, it's quite weird, the thought of it now, isn't it? It's not, for a long time, it's not quite going to be the same experience because you think about things, things like going to the toilet, you know, kind of like, you know, 
how how stuff like that will work particularly you know adam sean i guess for us it's a bit different because the fact that you know in the men's style it's just kind of you know you get several guys just kind of squeezed in together and the idea of you know socially distancing <laughs> a, a urinal and having a whole trough to yourself and stuff like that now is it's kind of a weird thought isn't it thinking that could be in the space of a month we could be back in a pub yeah, I think coming from <clears throat> coming from somewhere where it's, I, I, it doesn't really personally affect me from a, a work point of view, but it feels premature to me, along with a lot of things. Um, I've got to juggle my my, my girl going back to school next week. And that feels premature, but <clears throat> I don't know. I suppose we'll see. I mean, I think even this first bit of relaxing of anything has just made people start bending the rules. I, I um I met somebody in Encliffe Park last week just for sailor. And that was terribly, that was disgusting. How many people were just not being anything at all. Police car by the side of the road, I reckon there were a group of 150 people all got together and no one said a single single thing. So I think it's just going to, I think it's just going to, people are so desperate to go back to it, it's normality. I just think people are just going to start ignoring it. And then we'll end up doing it. Then we'll end up in the same situation again, I think. I'm, I'm not worried about me going back to the pub. I'm worried about, a lot mm. of other people in the general public yeah. pushing into yeah. me at supermarkets and coughing near me in the street going mm. back to the pubs. I think that's, we all need to be kind of seeing a level of individual responsibility and you have to trust each other that people are going to behave responsibly, but at the same time, you can only control your own behaviour. Yeah. I know that I will wash my hands and stay a safe distance apart and not go anywhere if I feel unwell but there's only me that I can kind of say that for and I think that's that's the thing that is a, a bit more unknown and a bit more off-putting really if that makes sense. I'm not sure if it was Michael or Heather mentioned it last week about um, it's it's fine for like city centres pubs to start reopening but is there going to be people there to populate them? Um, I mean my work for example <clears throat> don't think we'll even consider going back until August and they said even at that point it'll be based on if you feel comfortable because basically we can work at home and we've worked it out over three months so it makes you wonder how many people will go back to a Monday to Friday nine to five office based job and and if that's me being in town three days a week rather than five days a week that's at least you know one one or two times every so often that I'm not going to be popping for a pint after work um to be interesting to see how that kind of unfolds as well it's weird as well, isn't it? Because routines have kind of gone. Do reopen. Sorry, Lucy. Mm. That's all right. No, I'm just saying that once pubs do reopen, I mean, people queued for how many hours to go to KFC? Like, <laughs> true. people haven't had a pub for four months. I don't think populating them is going to be the issue. I think. No, you're probably right. <laughs> probably more the problem. Yeah. I, I wonder. Um, I, I agree with what um, Laura said there regarding that worry about kind of other people and how they behave because i think we're already kind of seeing that there's a huge issue with sort of this divide in society at the moment between people that are still taking this very seriously and social distancing and people that seem to have just kind of forgotten all about that and just tossed it off and are just doing whatever they want um and if that does kind of roll into 
pubs and potentially indoor environments like that, then I think we're going to see this divide. And it could be that there's a divide within pubs, you know, pubs that are very vocal in terms of saying, you know, we are strictly um, adhering to social distancing and maybe pubs that are a little bit more sort of lax about it, that, you know, it might divide kind of which, who goes to which pub based on, you know, how vocal they are about the rules and things that they've got in place. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how all that how that unfolds but I'm, I'm a little bit with adam in terms of the fact that it does you know the idea that you know less than a month's time back in pubs you know kids going back to school stuff reopening when it's just doesn't feel like we're on top of this thing yet but i guess we're straight a bit into politics there which is not particularly um what we're um what we're here for um sean how's your jaipur going down uh superbly yeah uh, 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 in my early days drinking um i preferred Thornbridge beers that is, drinking Thornbridge beers, I preferred um, uh, Kipling and I preferred Wild Raven, the Black IPA in particular. But I thought would it mean uh, Jaipur's birthday and that was the drink I was drinking when I met her, uh, Stacey and I thought that made a, a, a relevant link up. Her, uh, I was a, uh, a, a drinker that uh, was a bit starry-eyed at the time in terms of uh, I was dealing direct with a brewery. And so uh, it, it's something that um, stayed with me for some time. So good as ever. I, I'm not in agreement with a lot of people who go on about, oh, it's changed, it's changed, it's changed, the recipe's changed. Um, I've always had that lovely little hoppy sherbetiness uh, from Jaipur, and I've grown to like it much more um, um, now as compared to um, um, uh, what I used to think of it before. In relation to comparing it with with Kipling, particularly, I prefer this to Kipling now, whereas I used to prefer Kipling to this. Changed my mind. Completely I've agree. Not, I've Completely not had Kipling agree. for ages. Feels like years since I drank Kipling. Yonks. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they struggled to source uh, enough uh, Nelson Sovan for it, and so uh, Crackendale, I think, was brewed yeah. the Citra um, um, single op Citra Pale to sort of um, help. The lack of Kipling, but I think they're still brewing it. Maybe it's once, twice a year. Uh, but Nelson Sovan is is the problem on that. Um, Adam, what's the uh, milkshake stout? Uh, does it does it meet the expectations? Yeah, it's really nice actually. It's not much. Quite low carbonation, quite chocolatey, kind of vanilla, kind of lactose flavour to it. Uh, really smooth, especially because it can. Sometimes I'm a bit funny with kind of. It's straight out of the fridge as well, which I should have probably brought it out a bit earlier, but I think probably the lack of carbonation helps it a little bit because I sometimes feel like you lose the flavour of the dark beers if they're a bit a bit fizzy. But um, yeah, it's really good. Um, good yeah. stuff. Looks, it looks good. Um, Laura, I've been eyeing up the uh, the colour of your beer is fantastic. So the can's brilliant, the colour's great. What's the beer like? It's really lovely it's it's like raspberry coolie it's got that really nice like zingy tip of your tongue sherbet-y thing going on um yeah really really nice um it's probably because it's a goes as well and the last few goes as i've had i've picked up on the salt quite prominently but this is this feels a little bit better balanced it doesn't feel salty um but yeah it's really nice um also just just uh to say before you talk about your beer james i've been uh Contributing to a future Ash Over beer today, just to tie in with what you're drinking. Um, it's the annual Elderflower Foraging Day for Ash Over's Elderflower Pale Ale, which is one of my absolute favourite beers. Loved it for many a moon. Um, 
and uh, yeah, went out today, went for a little bit of a drive and stopped everywhere we could spot a little bit of elderflower on the way between here and the brewery in Claycross and uh, dropped a bag of flowers off uh, at the brewery for Janine to brew with tomorrow. So I'll be looking awesome. out for that when it's it was almost like we planned that. That was great. Um, <laughs> incidentally, good use of the word zingy. I'm going to add that onto my board because that was uh, that was good. I was impressed with that. Um, Lucy, what's yours like? Uh, it's a delight. Yeah, um, it's just there was a fairly ridiculous amount of honey went into this, um, and then the apricot in it just sort of puts a little almost not a tartness but like a nice sharpness to it. So it's not overwhelmingly sweet because I have no sweet tooth. Um, so for me, it's just like the balance on it's perfect. Um, it's not sort of over the top. It's just, it's subtle almost, which is not something you might necessarily expect from a 6.6% braggart, but it does, it's got quite a delicacy to it. Sounds lovely. Really good. Can I just get all the kind of, um, kind of that. Um, the um, Hawaiian shirt. It's very nice, actually. For 3.7, plenty of flavour going on. It's got a bit of bitterness there, um, but very, very nice. It just, it does, it tastes really sessionable. It tastes like something you can drink and just enjoy the experience of drinking it um, without worrying about how boozy or anything like that it is. So, um, yeah, very impressed. Uh, right, let's talk about um, the uh, first ever Sheffield Hopfest. We talked very briefly about this at the end of last week's episode. We've already got a few people who are on the guest list don't know what we'd call it um but we can reveal a few more details now so it is i mean it's only it's like less than two weeks away now it's coming around ever so fast so the weekend of the 19th 20th and 21st of june um is going to be the first sheffield hop fest um so a little bit like this what we do with our weekly episodes we're going to do four over the weekend but rather than having one guest on we're going to have loads so each of us is going to host um a session slash episode which we will live stream as well so you'll be able to watch it as it's happening and um we're going to get as many guests along as we can to come along and share a beer with us chat about it just have a chat about the last few months and how everyone is and um yeah so we're each going to host a session so uh, we have picked our themes for those sessions. So I'm going to go first because mine is actually the first of the four sessions. So mine is on Friday the 19th of June. It's at eight o'clock in the evening. Um, if you'd like to come along to um, the session that I'm doing, just drop me an email or a direct message through Twitter at Chef Hopcast or beer at sheffieldhopcast.co.uk. We will come up with a a better way of you being able to kind of reserve a spot, but um, uh, I haven't done it yet, so I can't tell you what that is. Uh, but I can tell you what the theme is, and I, I spent a bit of time thinking about this. And I kind of thought with everything that's going on in the world um, right now, the theme that I've gone for is loud and proud. Now, let me explain what I mean by that, because it's partly about celebrating diversity. So, you know, whoever you are, whatever you do, um, whoever you love, be loud and be proud about it. So maybe a beer that kind of matches that or a beer that in is itself quite, you know, diverse or, um, you know, kind of unique. Um, equally, of course, it could be an excuse to just go for a really big, loud dipper or, you know, a huge imperial stout or just something with, you know, a really mighty strong flavor. So you can um, interpret that theme however you want if you want to come along on uh, Friday the 19th. I mean, in fact, you could just pick any beer out of your fridge and just shout the name of it when I ask you what it is. 
that will be loud. So interpret the theme however you want. Loud and proud is my theme. If you want to come along Friday the 19th of June at 8 o'clock. Um, then on Saturday the 20th, we have two sessions, just like a real beer festival. It's almost like we planned this. Um, so our um, early session, 6 o'clock, is with Laura. I'm very excited. Um, so that same weekend, um, I should have been in Amsterdam for the third time attending Carnival Britannomyces, um, which is an absolutely outstanding um, sour and mixed fermentation celebration that takes place in multiple venues across Amsterdam. Um, so I thought I'd bring a little bit of that home. Uh, so I've picked sours and mixed fermentation beer for mine. Uh, which also has the added bonus that I am married to and live with uh, somebody who is quite familiar with those kinds of beers as well. Uh, so uh, Jim will be on hand uh, to help me out with that one as well. Um, so yeah, if you fancy bringing anything on remotely on the kind of uh, sour mixed firm saison interesting yeast kind of spectrum, um, I'd love loads of you to join in. That's really good. So is Jim actually going to join you on the session itself? Will we be able to like fire questions at him and stuff like that? I think if he if he's allowed, but I th he'd be very happy to be part of it. And uh, yeah, if anybody wanted to um, ask him anything, that would be absolutely fine. I'm getting quite good at spelling things to do with uh, mixed fermentation as well now, which is very difficult. So <laughs> that'll work really well on a podcast. Spelling, Laura's spelling bee. <laughs> I, won't, I don't want to put people off before they've even sat up. <laughs> Brilliant. So that's six o'clock on Saturday the 20th. Then we've got to clear all the tables, give everything a good wipe down before the second session, which is at eight o'clock, uh, which will be hosted by Mr. Adam Nicholson. Yeah. Um, initially, I, I thought everyone would kind of scream and try and claim IOPAs, but um, no one did. Um, but um, this will probably kind of fit into that into that session. So um, we thought we were wondering whether it would be sort of sensible enough to sort of go for a strong beer theme. But um, we're going to stick with that. But we're going to say anything over sort of six percent. So we'll leave that up to you. I suppose that's people might snigger at six percent being strong, but um, it just leaves you with a bit of a, a cushion if um, the lockdown it may be difficult to get something um, particularly unusual or strong. But um, yeah, so. Anything you want, if it's dark, IPA, you know, Imperial, Impy Stout, um, just bring something interesting and strong. So anything over 6%. So 6% plus. Will you be bringing um, a brewer along as well? Do, are, you, are you married to a brewer? No, I'm not married to a brewer. Let's see what I can do, eh? There's still time. There's still time. Uh, and then we wrap it up on Sunday the 21st of June, uh, which is another slightly earlier session, so 6 o'clock, uh, which, well, I mean, he's the only one left. Who could it be? None other than Sean Beer Central Clark. Uh, and I've gone with something that already exists to make it simpler for me to remember it, and that is Stout Sunday. So... Um, I'm not going to do any, any uh, limits in terms of um, strength, but let's go big stout. Come on. <laughs> Sunday night, I mean, Sunday nights are not the same now, lockdown. You can have a lie-in Monday morning. Nobody gives a monkeys if you're not logged on by nine o'clock. 
So let's go stouts on the six o'clock and uh, drink some of the uh, the dark stuff. No Guinness allowed. Okay, just for legal clarification, if you are working on Monday morning, we do not encourage excessive drinking on Sunday nights. Please do not contact your lawyers if you miss work on Monday. We accept no responsibility. Thank you. Um, so that is the lineup. So Friday the 19th, 8 o'clock with me, loud and proud. Interpret however you want. Um, Saturday the 20th, early session, 6 o'clock with Laura at Sours and Mixed Fermentations and anything along those kind of lines. Um, then it's 6% plus with Adam, Saturday evening session. Uh, so Saturday the 20th at 8 o'clock. And Sunday the 21st, rounding off the weekend uh, with Sean at 6 o'clock. And it is Stout Sunday. Um, now, uh, that's not to say, by the way, that it will just be each of us um, hosting those sessions on, on our own. It could be, you know, hopefully all four of us will be at, at most of those sessions. Um, Sean, obviously, your shop will be reopened by then. So um, I think you'll struggle a little bit to, to get to one or two of those. And um, Adam, you've got um, a kind of child to worry about, whereas, you know, I do nothing but just sit and drink beer. So I'll be at all four. So there we go. Um, so, yeah, if you want to come to any of those sessions, drop best. Us a, the best thing to do is to drop us an email. A few people have done this week. Um, beer at sheffieldhopcast.co.uk we'll stick your name down and um, all you need to do is just be on Zoom that's it there's no other expectation be on Zoom um, you don't need to know a lot about beer this is not a test um, we're not after people to kind of show off their beer knowledge or anything like that if you're a bit of a newbie with beer maybe you've recently discovered the show during lockdown wherever you are on your beer journey it'd be great to have a mix of people to really kind of you know represent that stuff and particularly you know Laura Session would be great if you, if you just kind of get into sours jim's going to be on hand you can ask questions and actually find out more about the beers which would be absolutely tremendous so uh, beer at sheffieldhopcast.co.uk um have we got anything else to talk about are we just about wraps up then for yes we have yes we have uh james yeah we, women in beer we, we've got two of the most prominent women in beer uh, in sheffield uh, currently so I, I want to ask um laura and lucy um uh, what what is it like being a successful and a well-known um, woman in beer in Sheffield? How does it compare, perhaps, with other places in the UK? Um, how does the UK compare um, um, for women in beer um, internationally? So um, none of us three would know. You two um, yeah, do know. So if it's all right, James, just to ask that question and and, and get some ideas. That's a very big question, Sean. <laughs> I apologise. Yeah, so in, into three chunks, I suppose. So Sheffield, UK, world. Uh, uh, what are your thoughts in in that sense? Um, uh, being a woman in beer. Well, it's quite interesting with myself and Lucy because I'm not quite as public facing um, as as Lucy is. Obviously, uh, I'm probably versus pub general public kind of thing but I think for me um as a as a woman who's always really enjoyed drinking beer and going to a pub I've I've never really felt in Sheffield kind of threatened by that it's something that I've always kind of just done and got on with um and I think it's possibly due to the places that I choose to drink in being generally very inclusive lovely places um, and the beer industry as a whole is, you know, with other breweries and things like that, it's it's very unusual to 
find somebody that isn't welcoming who works in beer. Uh, so I think kind of internally within the industry, it's not something that I've ever found a difficult thing to be. Um, it's it's something that I've just kind of done, um, which I know is quite a, a privileged position as well. I know there are other people that have found it much more difficult than myself, but it's just always been kind of a part of my of who I am that I drink beer, I like beer, I talk about beer with anyone that will listen, whoever they are. Um, and I like to be able to kind of advocate that and spread the word. And um, I think in terms of colleagues in America, where I think uh, I mentioned the other week about Fort Collins, where there's so many breweries, it's untrue. And the whole dynamic there is about beer first. And people are sort of, you know, people who are involved in beer are all there because of beer. So it doesn't matter what kind of person you are as long as you, you know, are willing to embrace the beer. So it's sort of almost the flip side, I think, there. Mm. Um, it's, it, again, really, really welcoming. Um, so I think my experiences have been overwhelmingly positive, uh, which is great. The representation of women is still really small. I think it is growing. Um, and, you know, the more of us that are willing to drink it, shout about it, talk about it, the better really so sorry that was very rambly wasn't it <laughs> no, it, was, it was a, it was a top answer to that <laughs> come on lucy you're under pressure yeah i mean <laughs> i'm always a little remiss to uh to sort of say this but because i don't want to make it seem like there aren't issues with any sort of minority groups in the, the beer industry or being a female in the beer industry uh, because the problems are there, but just from my personal experience, the improvement I've seen in the 10 years I've been working in beer has been astronomical. Part of that will be down to geography as well, because I started working somewhere else that's a lot more traditional with a terrible reputation for a certain group of beer advocates. <laughs> and then moving up to Sheffield, um, it's... It is something that I do experience on a weekly, daily basis. You get people who look over your shoulder and ask a male bartender for a beer uh, recommendation. Or if I start talking about beer, they'll probably be trying to be nice, like, oh, you, you kind of know what you're on about, don't you? Like, it comes as, as a surprise. Um, but the overwhelming um, impression that I get um, is that, um, the, the like the progress is being made and also my view on it is that we should celebrate that rather than hark on some of the problems that maybe will never change or maybe change in different ways but for me it's about celebrating what is happening I mean in Sheffield you've got a load of the craft beer pubs or, or, or real ale pubs are run by women um, you've got an amazing craft beer festival run by a woman um, as a place to be and from my experience of um, for example, Leeds and Manchester and Bristol, it's very much a similar thing. Um, it's becoming less of an issue in certain areas. And I think that is something we should all be jumping up and down going, this is incredible. Um, it's, yeah, the issues are there, but I think they're becoming more addressed, rather than, not maybe not solved, but definitely more addressed. And 
just less of a thing. Like I did just tour the country and go to loads of breweries and at no point did anyone go, oh, you're a female. <laughs> it's just not a thing anymore in, in certain bits of it. It's, it's absolutely wonderful to see. This is not like, um, I don't really, I don't know, it's more of a question, but do you find that maybe, even though the numbers are quite low still, Laura, who you mentioned, they're quite low, do you feel like the roles within the beer industry are quite varied in a a positive way rather than, so we've got a few females, but they all do do admin or whatever, like it does feel from OSC and stuff that the, you know, the roles of people, females in brewing just seems to be quite varied and all over the place in a, in a good way. So um, maybe it's just the numbers is still quite low, but in terms of their influence, maybe within, within, within the, their old teams or their industry that's possibly higher than other industry, other, other industries, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know about comparisons with other industries and things, but I think definitely the kind of the varied level of of involvement that women have at all different stages of of beer um is increasing i it is it is still you know way way less than 50 percent but it is climbing um and i think it is it's that kind of perception shift and i think what is good is that a lot of the women in the beer industry are are willing to put themselves forward and talk about what they do um and really kind of embrace educate and inform other people and you know try and make it a more accessible environment for people um which i think kind of with what lucy was saying that there really is progress being made um and it's through talking about it and raising it um and you know sharing sharing a you know something like this that that i'm drinking today for somebody who was more in, was didn't really think they were into beer, this this wouldn't taste like any kind of what they thought of as beer. You know, whether I'm I'm kind of generalising a little bit and saying you know mainly, mainly women who might like cocktails or something like that, but the same goes for men as well. It's just the kind of the way that beer itself has grown and the flavours that you can find within it. You know, even between what the five of us are drinking today. You know, there's, they're not all what you would 15, 20 years ago have thought of was possible in a beer. And I think it's that kind of opening out of the product itself and making it more accessible and interesting for more people um, is one of the things that I think helps kind of move things along a little bit. You know, you can get a beer that tastes like anything. And it, I always say if, you've, if, it's, if you don't think you like beer, you just haven't found the right kind of beer and if you're willing to think around that and um recommend things to people and find out what they do like and a beer that might kind of tie in with that it's so much easier to do at the moment that beer as a whole i think is just becoming more uh, more welcoming and something that more and more people can come to enjoy yeah i'd completely agree um i used to work in uh at Walker Beer Co, where you guys came at one point, um, and our license terms meant we could only sell beer. We couldn't sell anything, or, like we couldn't sell cider, wine, nothing. And people would walk through the door into an establishment called Walker Beer Co, and then be astonished that they couldn't get wine. And it became sort of almost like a, like a personal mission. It's like I will find something you like. <laughs> like oh no, I don't drink beer very much. For me, like Laura says, it just means that you haven't maybe tried a beer that you would want. Um, 
my best mate um, hates the taste of beer, can't even abide lager. Uh, two months ago, he discovered sours. Absolutely loves them now. <laughs> like, can't get enough. Um, so there's, it's as beer itself becomes more accessible, I think some of the maybe more traditional issues that were in beer are becoming more tackle, like easier to tackle and, and more open to change. One thing I would like to point out though is that me and Lucy are talking here about all the different flavours and how varied beer can be and I feel like we're possibly the two uh, biggest mild and bitter fans in Sheffield. <laughs> Miles! <laughs> I a fan of Miles the other day, Lucy, and thought of you. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Lucy, did you brew a Miles? Did you, did you brew a Miles as part of your, your brew? I did set? a marshmallow Miles at um, North Riding. All right, yeah, we're, well, we've got that. So you brewed that, did you? Uh, I brewed one incarnation of it. There's, it's, there's several brews of it, but one of them... Uh, All right. Yeah, I, you I'm, know, gonna bring, I'm, I'm having one of those tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm going to bring one of those home tomorrow night and drink it. Excellent. <laughs> I, I did see that when you posted it, Sean, and thought, "Ooh, marshmallow!" And then I was like, "Oh, mild." I've just never, I'm never excited by that as a as a style. We've we've talked about this before, haven't we? About my just disinterest at uh, at milds. Just haven't found the mild for you, James. Probably true. <laughs> <laughs> do you like marshmallows, James? I do, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big fan of marshmallows, yeah. Marshmallow and a Bunsen. If I'd known, Hours of fun. Hours of fun. If, if I'd realised that, uh, and, and, and uh, that is very remiss of me, but if, if I'd realised that uh, Lucy had been involved on that particular beer, uh, you could have had one of those instead. That would have been perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but then I wouldn't have had a chance to wear the cap, so, you know. <laughs> I'll post it tomorrow night and tell you what it tastes like. I'm very generous <laughs> in that. <laughs> Look forward to it. Uh, right, we're pretty much out of time. Um, brilliant kind of discussions and stuff. Um, they're really interesting. We do still need to do our um, beer selfie picture, so we need to adopt our poses. Um, yeah. I've not got any beer left, so it's uh, it's a bottle only one for for me. So cans and beers in the air. Uh, just waiting for Adam. Or is he uh, getting ready for his Barry White tribute? No, is that? And there we go. Jobs are good in. Thank you all very much. Um, good to see everybody. And uh, just that reminder, if you want to come along to the Sheffield Hop Fest, um, starts at a week on Friday. That sounds really scary, doesn't it? That makes it sound like it's really soon. We've got to, we've got to start getting ready for that. We need to order glasses beer mats no we don't no we don't brilliant well thank you very much for uh, your company and uh, we'll be back next week see you then see you guys see you later see ya. Bye.